0: By the time I was in my late teens and early 20s, my alcohol abuse was really extreme because if a repetitive negative statement is being made on a repeated basis, the mind gets programmed. Most people identify with their thoughts and they think that's who they are. And that's not who we are. The story we tell about those traumas cause more wreckage than the actual trauma. The only freedom any human being will ever experience is freedom from their own mind.
1: Hi, and welcome to the I Love Success podcast. I just wanna take a moment to say thank you for being part of our mission. Thank you for leading with the heart, and having the courage to go out in the world and live a full life. Thank you for being kind, thank you for being open, and thank you for being you. I could never do this without you and all the incredible people that share so open-heartedly on the show. The journey continues, and as you know by now, our mission is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to achieve their dreams. I'm honored to sit down with Kerry, Mr. Malibu, O'Neill, Once a young man who had it all, the looks, the athleticism, and the brains, until alcohol and the sudden death of his father changed his life. This caused a seismic shift in Kerry's perception of life and its meaning. He's now 29 years sober and want to change the world in his own way. Let's welcome Mr. Malibu. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm. I'm grateful to be here with you today to share your story. Uh, so I'm just. I just want to get started and get to know you a little bit here. So can you just tell us about the early life uh, and uh, what was going on for you as a kid?
0: It was a really extraordinary uh, childhood. It's uh, a lot of people. As I've gone through life, have said you know how and that's very unusual. It's a radically different type of upbringing. But just to, to describe uh, in a few couple of brief examples, I, I was fortunate to grow up in the Malibu colony, which um, traditionally has always been associated with uh, world famous um, movie stars and, and rock stars and influencers. And so um, I have been around those kind of people most of my life yeah. and um, as as it relates to alcoholism, I think it's really important to share. Um, when I was by the time I was sixteen, I was drinking every day, you know. And um, I was an aspiring uh, rock star. I was I played the drums, and my buddy Brian Goff, he was an aspiring. He played the guitar. We were in a band together, yeah. and his father created a TV show called Charlie's Angels. And um, he found out when we were 16 that Led Zeppelin was staying at the Sunset Hyatt. And so he gave us the keys to his car and said, why don't you go down there and try to meet him? So we we drove down there and, you know, long story short, we not only met the road managers, but they invited us up into the ninth floor to meet all the members of the band. And then they invited us to the forum to help them set up. You know, I got to set up John Bonham's drums at the forum, and they let me thrash out, you know, in the (laughs) empty forum, and then they let me sit on the light tower, like six feet away from Jimmy Page, while they played in front of 20,000 people. And this is Led Zeppelin, you know, at the peak of their success. And it was was like uh, 20 million watts of energy coming through, sitting on the stage, watching Led Zeppelin, you know, at, at ground zero like that. And because of that connection, I went to England, and uh, was introduced to George Harrison of the Beatles, and he invited me to stay at his house at the Mayfair District in London, and then at his castle at Hanley-on-Thames, and then at his place in the Bahamas, and then he let me sit in on his recording sessions at A&M Records in Los Angeles. And this is, you know, when you're a 16, 17-year-old kid, and you're, you're, you're in the influence of these huge global, you know, power people, it just it's just has an amazing impact. You know? And I was wondering why I was so fortunate to have that connection. But the reason why I'm sharing this experience is because I sat down with John Bonham. I hung out at the bar with him. You know, He was a great guy. And all of a sudden, he's gone at 32 years old from alcohol. And, um, and we used to go next door uh, on Broad Beach to Keith Moon's house. And um, same thing. You know, he died from alcohol and drugs and this and this the music industry. And we all know is fraught with alcoholism and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But it really had an impact on me. And um, so by the time I was in my late teens and early 20s, my alcohol uh, abuse was really extreme. But the strange thing is, is that because I was so healthy, I was so athletic and so physic. I could endure like a huge amount of alcohol, and I didn't know why I was drinking so much. But um, when my father passed away, it suddenly woke me up like there just has to be a deeper meaning to life. I can't be here just to have a family and a career and then just leave. And so I felt this. Deep thirst inside of me I wanted to know if God is real
1: and I wanted to know if I could experience God directly yeah, I love that and I love that you you ask yourself those questions can you just talk about like what what happened after your father suddenly passed away how did that shift you as a, as a young man it was it was
0: really bizarre because I didn't expect This impact, but um, you know, I'm 18, and all all of a sudden I wake up and I'm told that he, you know, he passed away, and, and all of a sudden this consciousness was in my mind like, I'll never see this being ever again for all eternity. This is like an important, like, this is, you know, and I was, that's when I started thinking, like, here, he was an amazing guy. He flew around the world selling custom interiors to private jets. And, you know, uh, five kids, happy family, you know, beautiful life in Malibu. And all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. And I, I had this feeling like how can there's got to be a deeper meaning to this life yeah. than just coming here and just having a family and having a career. And so the amazing thing is, is that I feel like the. There's the longing to find a real answer, not like a religion or a philosophy or something that's fed to you by others, but to really have it, you know, for my own self to experience God for real. Yeah. And I feel like that energy went out to the universe, and I attracted this. There was this spiritual teacher who was like, uh, you know, kind of like a phenomenon, and uh, he was only 15 years old and he was putting out so much power, so much consciousness, that they even invited him on national TV in front of millions of people, and they were asking him questions and, and, and so on, and he was revealing these inner forms of focus, which I talk about in the Heart Ascent book. Yeah. And these inner forms of focus have been passed down for thousands of years, they're really, really powerful. Yeah. But because of the power of his experience and his clarity, and revealing these forms of focus, it was truly, it was uncanny. I, I got to tune in to what's inside that is beyond time and space, and I got to experience it regularly. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because that we had inspiration meetings seven nights a week for over 10 years. And everybody who was practicing this meditation would come together and share what they were realizing in this experience. And so just by the power of being in a group of inspired people, the alcohol fell away. So I I was clean and sober for 10 years.
1: Just by being in a better environment.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Is, is, remember when you were saying about we become like the company we keep? Yeah. That's that's exactly what happened to me. And people, when I share that, like for example, at an AA meeting, some people have resentment because they feel like you can't do it without AA, you know. Yeah. But I, I did experience without uh, sobriety without AA. But here's the thing: after those 10 years, I thought I was on such a plane of inspiration, I thought my focus was so clear and so solid. And I thought it would be okay to just have a glass of wine with dinner and have a beer with lunch, just casually, you know, moderately. And all of a sudden, be by the time six months came by, I was just drinking hard liquor. It just mushroomed out of control, yeah. and I didn't really understand why. But it was there was like a, an emotional part of my experience that was never really resolved somehow, yeah. and um, and so the it almost killed me. I almost, it was like really harmful, grievous, heavy drinking,
1: you know, until I was just flattened. And then, thank God, I, I came into AA. And yeah. Can you just talk about that? You know, when, what was the reason in your life for, for drinking? Was it to fill a void or to solve a problem? What was the reason behind this behavior? Uh, from, my, from my experience, I kind of knew, I kind of like,
0: it's, it's when you, you see my, my discipline with, with meditation, with this experience, I committed to myself to practice two hours a day of meditation and every day, you know, and going to these nightly meetings every night. So my momentum was very strong into a spiritual plane, but I never really dealt with the emotional stuff that was going on inside of me it's really hard to explain like how you could have a lucid conscious experience but not having ever realized what's the emotional driver exactly like your question says so i felt i knew i was trying to cover up
1: emotional pain yeah and you think because you grew up very fortunate in malibu and all of that and people from other parts of the world might say but you don't have any problems, right? But we all do. We all have our own shit that we have to deal with, right? So, what do you want to say to other people listening right now? They have this pain inside them, and they're they're looking into drugs and alcohol and other types of uh, uh, abuse. Uh, what do you want to say to them? What can they? What's the first step? You know. I think the first step
0: is that the mind uh, is an expert doomsday thinker. And it it convinces us that we're no good. It convinces us that there's no hope. It convinces us that things are gonna get worse. All that stuff coming from the mind. And um, it's really fascinating because the human mind is the source of all problems in the world. And, um, And I don't know if you saw the video, but even in AA, everybody across the board in AA agrees that 95% of the problem is stinking thinking, and only 5% of the problem is actually putting the poison of alcohol into your system. Mm -hmm. And so if we all know that 95% of the problem is stinking thinking, you would think that the primary focus would be dealing with the stinking thinker, the, the thought maker. But the mind is really tricky because it's invisible and we can't see it. And it's the same with our emotions. But I can share this to anybody who's hurting out there who are in that state, because I hit rock bottom, like suicidal rock bottom, and I know what it feels like. And all I can say is that there's something inside that's beyond any suffering. There's something inside that is all powerful, actually. And, um, and to tune into that is, is the answer. But the reason why I wrote this book, the Heart Ascent book, is because AA has a big, powerful block of wisdom, a lot of things that they can share about the alcoholic mind. What alcohol, the toxicity of alcohol does to the mind, the kind of thoughts that come from alcoholism, there's, there's antidepressants that say on the label, warning, causes suicidal thoughts, you know? I don't know if anything more depressing than suicidal thoughts, and they're calling it antidepressant, you know? But but in alcohol, that toxicity from alcohol is the resentment, the doomsday thinking, and and they're saying that over 80% of all abusive behavior all around the world is all because in their childhood they experienced some form of abuse whether it was from their parents, or maybe it was from a teacher, or maybe from their peer groups, some kind of abuse took place in the childhood, and that gets buried. It gets depressed. That's what causes depression. And uh, as we go through life and we start to see what are those things, and I, I, you're asking such an incredible question, because it takes, it takes a lot to observe where those emotions are coming from. Yeah. And I don't, you know, you need it like a special mirror. So that's what I wanted to share is that uh, I attended over 6,000 of these inspiration meetings and that's like a group dynamic. And I attended over 4,000 AA meetings and that's also a group dynamic. But in both situations, the format of the meeting was never really carefully taken into consideration and set off on the right plane. Because if a repetitive, negative statement is being made on a repeated basis, yeah. the mind
1: gets programmed. Yeah, I love that. And, and uh, thinking, thinking. And I'm, I, you know, I'm big into mindset, and as I truly believe that, just like you're saying, I'm an athlete. Like mind, the mind is everything, uh, or at least ninety. 95 percent I don't know it's a lot so how what have you learned from spending time with a lot of successful people but also being in this environment and meeting so many people like what is how do you work on your mindset um that's it's such a beautiful question
0: because yeah. that's precisely why I wrote this book Hard Ascent yeah because This is, I I was blessed. We're all blessed with a journey where we're exposed to different kinds of contrast. And I was blessed to be in an incredible contrasting environment where if you go to meetings that are all focused on inspiration and then you go to like AA meetings, where there's a lot of inspiration in AA. I love the good stuff in AA, but there's also a lot of negative psychology that keeps being repeated in the rooms. Yeah. One of them being that you'll never heal. You'll never be cured of this, and they call it a disease. Yeah. And it is a definite allergy, but there's a lot of people who do, um, after experiencing life-threatening, you know, abuse of alcohol, mm-hmm. do go on, like look at Khalil you know? And um, so anyway, um, how to deal with the mind, this is, this is such a, a an incredible time right now because most people don't realize that um, if, if you don't have meditation, you can't really see what your mind is doing, you know? Without that mirror, it's like I can, we can see other people, but we can't see ourselves. We need a mirror. And to see our mind... We need like a mind mirror. And that's what meditation can, when you can come back and start to experience, just as an example, the breath. And there's these, the the ancient technique is that when you observe the exact point where the breath comes in, and the exact point when it goes back out, and if you become a calm, alert observer of this most subtle, Power, you know, it's actually probably the most powerful thing we'll ever experience in this life. It's the point where life comes in, you know, through the power of breath, and then it comes back out. And just that one breath technique alone, I mean, they say this is the unspoken word of God. There's a million ways to describe the breath, but it's that, that energy that's keeping us alive is perfectly balanced perfectly pure, perfectly powerful. So to be able to calm down and be able to experience the breath, then there's a little bit of distance and then you can start to see that, that chatterbox isn't really me. Most people identify with their thoughts and they think that's who they are. Yeah. And that's not who we are. Yeah.
1: The mind is, uh, is, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, they say, I, I heard a guy said it, Alex, that I had on the show, Alex Weber, he said, that the, the mind, I mean, the, the brain is the, the hardware, like, the, for example, a computer, and the mind is the software. Uh, so which was very interesting because software, we need to replace them, we need to update those things. And it's not always doing what we would like, right? Even though we have the hardware, the brain. So I, I'm curious, so breathing, I totally agree with you. Breathing and meditation is the first step. What, what do you do after that to build a strong mindset? Because I guess when you were drinking at your highest level, if you want to call it that, you, your confidence w- was probably very low in your self-esteem. Do you agree with that? Um,
0: it, it, It's It's a sense of demoralization. But it's not, it wasn't like the, my confidence, like I've been given a huge mm. dose of confidence. I, I don't know, I was just born that way. I just, yeah. I was able to obtain a 4.0 GPA while yeah. heavy drinking. I, yeah. I, I know I can do things, the confidence was always there, but you're, you're asking a really good question because yeah. there's that sense of demoralization where you can't yeah. look people in the eye and you know you're harming yourself. And, yeah. and, so, and, and if, you're, if you're doing something that you don't even want to be doing, your sense yeah. of self-control and self-discipline has been, you know, wiped out. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it could be confidence, confidence in or having Self-esteem. A, yeah. 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 Self-esteem yeah. is the key, yeah. the, the key backbone ingredient to any recovery is to, to come back and start to identify with that thing inside that is beyond what this mind can brand us, mm. you know, and the, the traumas that we experience, they can have a really heavy impact, but the story we tell about those traumas cause more wreckage than the actual trauma. Yeah. It, 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 did you ever hear about the fact that a belief is nothing more than a repetitive thought?
1: Uh, I've heard similar uh, mm-hmm. things, but yeah, feel free to tell me more.
0: Well, well, that's what I'm saying is like the programming, like in the AA meetings, like... When you hear all these things repeated over and over again, you know, we admitted we were powerless, we admitted we were powerless, we admitted we were powerless. When those things get rolled across our mind, thousands of times, the brain is so, like you're saying, the hardware, it's so intelligent that it creates neuroplasticity and it makes it easier and easier to think those thoughts. It uses less and less dendrites and synapse firings to facilitate because it knows you're gonna think that thought more and more. And it, when you have a thought of low self-esteem and that thought keeps the mind keeps harping on that thought every time we have that negative thought, it makes us feel the negative emotion. And it's like that vicious cycle. The mind, if it's not brought into check, it, will, it kills people every day. Yeah. You know, but the tool that I I got to see from this contrast is that. If you, uh, if you attend, if you get the best out of the best of a group meeting yeah. where you get uh, 10, 20, 30 different contrasting experiences being expressed and every person in the room shares something that reflects a little bit about us and our experience. Yeah. So it's like a group mirror. Yeah. You get a group mirror of a reflection of what we're experiencing. Then with meditation, you get the internal yeah. mirror and you can really see from a place of stillness. You know, where this, where these thoughts are coming from. And so the highest thing, actually, is just to be able to observe it in real time. Like, a lot of times, you find yourself thinking about something. And, and have you ever found yourself, like, why am I thinking about this? Yeah. It's like you question the, the software program.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I'm curious, you you're talking a lot about a lot of these uh, artists and actors and rock artists that that end up dying so young from abuse right for abusing drugs abusing uh, alcohol why do you think that is because we're see- they're, they're at the top of their game right why are why why do you think that is so com- I, think, I don't know I don't know if we want to say common but it, it is pretty common it's very much so it's very common I,
0: I believe. It's because of the radical imbalance that they were exposed to, that they the high, the adrenaline rush of being standing in front of you know fifty thousand people, you know this this adrenaline, it's really high energy. It's very very powerful, and so when you have that super high, you need something to chill out when you come down. And most so a lot of them just choose alcohol because, or you know smoking or drugs like opiates, like Prince, you know. Because it counterbalances that extreme high yeah. that's that's kind of what I see, and the other thing is is the the grounding there was no spiritual foundation happening in their lives before they exploded off into this high profile high energy kind of experience so I think it's they get you if you get too high it brings it's it's like Mother Nature bounces everything out, right? This yeah. extreme highs are bounced out by the extreme lows. Yeah.
1: So you don't know better, right? I, I feel sometimes when I've had a bad day, I'm like, hey, let me just grab a beer. But then I was like, why can't I just go to the gym and meditate? And when I do that, I calm myself down, I, I see things better. So I think it's all also being open and know that there are many ways to find the result you want, right?
0: Most definitely.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious a little bit, like you, you've met a lot of people and you're, you're studying this as well. So what, what what are your opinions about happiness and success? What is what is it first of all and what's the keys, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. I think the key
0: is, and when I really search myself, it's, it's some, the, the principles that are spoken like in the rooms of, of, you know, the 12 step program yeah. are there, Those, some of those principles are really true. And, and one of them is that um, honesty, a person's capacity to be honest yeah. is, can cause, can overcome grave emotional issues if we have the capacity to be honest. But I think the key to happiness, my experience, and I know this across the board, my mind will tell me otherwise, because the contrast is in front of us all the time these people who have you know billions of dollars and they have basically conquered the world and and people associate financial abundance with uh, with freedom but I've had this experience um, over and over and it's it's such a conviction because I know it to be true inside my own self is that the only freedom a human being any human being whether they're a trillionaire or a beggar on the street, the only freedom any human being will ever experience is freedom from their own mind. That the mind is the only thing that blocks us from being conscious of that thing inside of us that we are, our true identity. And that's why, you know, the person who helped me at this book, she says, our true identity is freedom. Freedom is what we really are, so maybe that's not the only freedom is freedom from the mind but then i asked her i said isn't the mind the only thing blocking us from experiencing that freedom and it's like yes that's the distractor that's the big that's the veil you know that blocks us from tuning into this infinite presence that we are and and if and 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 i really really truly believe this that that you are a, a spark of the infinite and i'm a spark of the infinite and it's like the infinite is experiencing itself through these two vessels yeah you know if you, if you look at it like that like i'm actually i think i'm a person with this body and this entity here but i'm actually like i am the whole create the whole you know the you know they say you're created in god's image mm-hmm. but it's so funny because if it's infinite it can't have an image yeah <laughs> right yeah. It's just infinite, yeah. and so it's very hard. It's impossible for the mind to identify with something that it can't understand. Yeah, you know, it's like when you go into a room, and and it's dark, and you turn on the light.
1: Where did the darkness go? Yeah, did it go anywhere? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting, and uh, I wanna I wanna ask you something, Carrie, that I ask some of my guests and I, because I think it's important uh, do you remember the worst day of your life and how it impacted you? I, I think um,
0: you know that's the insidiousness of alcohol is that it gets it's a continuum there is no one like I, I, I'm very fortunate I didn't harm anybody or harm myself but Many people in AA have actually ended up killing people by accident and just horrible, you know, unspeakable tragedies. They would probably consider that to be the worst day of their lives when they realized that they had, you know, caused irreparable damage and so forth. But I think it's just getting down. It's like a momentum and it takes you down and down and down. And I, I don't know exactly what day or what time period, but I did reach a place inside myself where I felt like, I'm out of control. I'm doing something I don't want to do. That's, that's probably the lowest I've ever been in my life.
1: Loss of self control. And who picked you up at that time? Who helped you to, to, to kind of find a new path? Because you've been 29 years sober now. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's incredible.
0: Well, it's kind of a, it's, it's a really powerful thing. It's like the spiritual teacher who showed me how to practice this meditation. Yeah. I don't know if I shared it with you, but at the yeah. time that he was doing this, he was only fifteen.
1: Yeah,
0: so, and and you know and so but anyway, I asked him if I could talk to him because I was having this horrible rock bottom experience, and at the same time, coincidentally, this my friend Stephanie well, had been in AA, so she told me about the meetings, and so be, between having that conversation and being told about AA, I finally just got up the courage inside myself to just walk into a meeting and say, Hey, yeah. I need help. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm flattened. I need help. And I think just asking for help, it just opens the door. It's like the grace just came in and lifted me up right away. Like I could see the 11th step is seek to increase your conscious contact with God through prayer and meditation. Well, I already had 10 years of momentum trying to do that anyway as a my life goal. Yeah. So if so I'm a rare case like in the sense of coming into AA with a huge momentum yeah.
1: that would help facilitate getting sober. So you see everybody's journey is different, you know. Yeah, everybody's journey is unique and different and thank you for sharing yours. Uh you know how do, what's your opinion? How do you help people that are rock bottom? Do you have to like if for example, if I'm rock bottom, can people help me or do I need to take that first step myself and say, hey, I need help and ask for it?
0: I, I, I hear what you're saying and it's a really, it's a, it's a really powerful question. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it can come either way. Yeah. That I believe, I believe that there's a benevolent power yeah. that can transform a person in one split second from yeah. anywhere. You know, and it's been described that a person can be even in your darkest, darkest, darkest hour, that light is still there. It never leaves, you know, and that light can shine through any, any form from anybody. So it's possible to say something to somebody that could save their lives. It says in scriptures, it says there's the power of life and death in the spoken word. And if you're speaking from a place of consciousness And you're tuning into the person somehow, if they're willing to listen, if they're just, if there's a teensy little crack inside, that crack of hope or that crack of light. And they just, some people have said they just tried because they figured they were already dead, you know, and they tried and they they went into a room. I think AA makes it easy because it's a group of people who are similar experiences. So at least you don't feel like you're all alone, you know.
1: And Kerry, what's your, what's your mission now? What, what do you want to do in this world? Because I know you, you're working hard. You want to create something beautiful. Would you mind? Talk about that. What's your, what's your why? Well, the, the, my inspiration is that um,
0: after going to, attending over you know, 4,000 AA meetings, I finally, here's the thing, AA uh, apparently they say they have like 2 million, you know, recurring participants. Yeah. But the fact is, is that there's over 300 applications of the AA program for cigarettes, for cocaine, for gambling, for every kind of obsessive overeating, you know. And yet... Everyone widely accepts the fact that, generally speaking, it really only about 10% of the people who come into those rooms ever really get the program and go on it and resolve. So here's the thing. Everybody in AA is encouraged to do a four-step inventory, a searching and fearless inventory of your life, what works and what doesn't work. Write down a list of your resentments and all this stuff and they say right in the big book they say if you're running a business and you have damaged goods you discard them you get rid of all the stuff that isn't working and you keep what's working right but aa has never in its history ever collectively done a four step inventory to find out why so so many more people do not get the program so it's it's this is a thing of honesty it's it's a it's, it's a very delicate thing because I never want to speak anything negative about AA, yeah. but by the same extent, it must evolve. It yeah. absolutely must evolve. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, let's have heart ascent meetings. Yeah. I've poured my lifetime experience into this. I've studied you know advanced psychology for over 30 years. Yeah. I took an inventory of AA and I wrote down a list of all those things that are repeated in the rooms that are serving to undermine people's sense of well-being. And I have them all written in the book, in the Heart Ascent book. So my goal is to have burgeoning Heart Ascent meetings available to anyone, just exactly like what you said, even if they're at the bottom. They can come to a Heart Ascent meeting through Zoom, through online. They don't even have to physically go walking into that room and have these Heart Ascent meetings going on 24-7 all over the world, because the inspiration is there, and people want to be inspired. And that's part of the message, is that with hard Ascent, I don't know if people know this, but many million dollar businesses ar- arose out of AA, because there's a lot of really powerful tools that you learn in, the, in a group dynamic.
1: Yeah, I bet. And so, is, is hard Ascent for uh, anybody, or...? Yes, absolutely. If if
0: you want to be, if you're an inspired person and you want more inspiration, you should come to Heart Ascent. And if you're if you're experiencing challenges and even insurmountable challenges, you should come to Heart Ascent. And I share that because <coughs> in 2013, I had a, I hit a rock bottom while 22 years sober. Yeah. I hit an absolute rock bottom. What and happened? that was I, I it was a combination of a whole bunch of things. It was a combination of uh, inability to find any employment, uh, a, a grievous injury that I suffered, and um, and uh, basically nothing working on the outside, and I was so crushed down and so demoralized. And my friend Alden, he said, he said, Carrie, go back into those AA meetings, and you'll find the solution. He said, I give you my word, you'll find the solution. And my mind's like, come on. AA's not gonna solve all these different things. I've been clean and sober this whole time. Yeah. But I because nothing else was working, I went to two meetings a day for uh, almost eight months. But then after that, I got um, hired by the person who owns the patent that created iTunes. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's paying me six figures, you know, for five years and giving me the most incredible work I've ever done. And I got to do deep research in the, into the psychology of social currency in a social media environment. And so this is the contrast that that I was given. I was going to AA and studying the psychology of social currency and social media, and I saw how the same thing that causes social media to fail, that lack of engagement, it's not a human eye to eye, human energy engagement, is the same thing that causes obsessive compulsive behavior, like over drinking and smoking and all this stuff. It's the lack of engagement. And Heart Ascent brings the engagement back to life. You come to a Heart Ascent meeting, you share your challenges, you share your inspiration, and you listen to other people share their challenges and their inspiration. And we all come together to lift each other up and empower yeah. our, uh, you know, our, that enlightenment, that e- evolution of our being. So, so ironically, Heart Ascent will totally empower you to reach those 10 million people yeah. <laughs> and, and give them what they want. Yeah. Because isn't the answer inside? Do you know th- that the Latin word for educate is, you know, educare? It means to pull out of. Because yeah. they
1: understood that all knowledge is inside. Yeah. Interesting. And I, one thing that I thank you for sharing this and being so vulnerable here. Because we, we all have those moments in in life in, just in different different levels and layers right and one thing that i take away from that is that we're a lot of us in modern society we are so connected that we are disconnected we're we're, we're looking for a way to connect somehow with people that truly connect with people? How often do we look people in the eye anymore, shaking, shake their hand and truly sit down and eat? When I grew up, we used to, every day at 6 p.m., we used to have dinner. You know, does that exist anymore? In some families, and and I love that because we need connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told you this before, I'm studying success, and what I've learned is that like, most of my guests, they do, the, they do what they do and they excel because they want to be loved and we all want to be loved. Uh, do you agree with that? And like, what's, is that why you're doing this as well? I, I, think, I, I, I don't think it's um, my
0: desire to be loved. I, I really sincerely believe with all my heart and all my experience of my entire journey on this earth I really sincerely believe that the infinite love is within me yeah. and it's it's a work of consciousness it's a daily practice it's it's to not give into that mind to not give into the doubts not give into all the frustration and the hesitation and and whatever it is that's blocking us from that real engagement yeah. but I see also see a paradox because I see if I'm unable to connect with myself how am I going to connect with anybody else? You know, it always is an inside thing. It, it's like the outside reflects the inside, and the inside also reflects the outside. You know, but I believe those tools are there. So that's why I'm saying, like, with meditation, it's that's the inside work. You know, that's the inside job. But with heart ascent meetings, that's the that's the connecting with real people. I can come to a heart ascent meeting and look at you and I and say you know, hey, I'm having a horrible day or I feel like this is insurmountable. What would you do if you were me? What do you recommend? And we're all there to lift each other up. I think, isn't that important to be in an environment where the agreed foundation is that we're there to
1: lift each other? I love that. I mean, that's what we need. We all need that, right? If it's in our own family or if it's in a heart ascent meeting or in everyday life, the more we are connected with people that want the best from us, the better it is, and I know a lot of times when I have a problem, I let it cook in my mind until it, I create this monster, and then I ask somebody and I say, "Yeah, that's I've done that before. It's easy." So I, I think I think you're right, and uh, I, I wanted to ask you because, like loving yourself, that's a hard hard task for a lot of us and it's work in progress. What do you do the days you're, you, you're not, you know when, the days you look yourself in the mirror and it's like, oh, not, a day, not today, <laughs> like, what do you do to, to lift yourself up and be more loving? Yeah, that, that's really an amazing question because I, I really feel
0: that, that you're asking the question that is like that answer is the answer for every single person that there is. But you know what works for me sometimes and it's really powerful. I've been so blessed to be in this environment, like to be by the ocean. And when I go out there, I mean, there's been times I've been brought to tears just looking at the beauty of a sunset. It's it's sometimes those sunsets are so magnificent. There's like a million colors manifesting and, and birds flying in these clouds and these brilliant, it's just it's over it's an overwhelming light show that you're just consumed and and i'm a, a photographer so i i capture these these infinite moments and it's i just feel like it's a gift i'm not i'm not pretending to be any no know, i love it, it. Is-
1: i i had actually i think it was uh, some time ago i did my challenge was to do 100 sunsets in a year and i did that and i took a picture of each and every one of them and it was an amazing experience. I love sunset and it's interesting. I saw a meme the other day and it said nature and how perfect it was, was how like the animals take care of the jungle. And then it was humans and we throw stuff everywhere. You saw, we, like You, you yeah. saw that too? <laughs> and I was thinking about that and uh, it's true, man. Why are we? Why are we living so recklessly? And it's not only throwing things away. It's in our relationships. It's with people. I. It makes me sad. Like, wh- why are we doing that?
0: I. I really. I had this realization, and I'm not. You know, trying to pretend like I'm holier than thou mm-hmm. or anything. But I really did have this. It, like this awakening, and I realized, like. You know, um, for like a period of 100 years, the, the whole entertainment industry and the news industry was all in the control of like a relatively handful of people reaching the masses, you know. Yeah. But when Facebook exploded and YouTube exploded and suddenly you could publish, a, anybody could publish a book on Amazon. Yeah. It was like the whole world turned around and said, we don't want you to entertain and, and inform us anymore. We'll entertain and inform ourselves. You know, do you see how the, it all f- flipped around like that? Yeah. And so, um, um, what did you ask with regard to the, yeah. regard? like why do you think we're, we're acting so reckless? Okay, that's the thing. So what I, so I, I set out to create this persona called Mr. Malibu that would reflect the conscious, the mainstream consciousness of the people who cherish the ocean and cherish the environment and the ecosystem, and I realized that all outer pollution is a reflection of inner pollution. It's, you know, all outer pollution is a reflection of unconsciousness, exactly like what you were saying. But the, the bind that we're in is because we all buy into the exchange of money And we need to make money, right? So, how can you walk up to Chevron and say, stop selling oil? Because, you know, it's causing, there's a billion cars a day burning poisonous gas into the air we breathe. One billion cars a day. But how can we collectively go to them and say, stop? You know, but I believe there is a solution. I believe we could collectively go to them and say, we make this a national emergency. Just like when JFK said, I will put a man on the moon by the time this decade is out, the president could stand up. Not, I don't believe Trump would do that, but uh, a president could come along and say, I declare that we will be free of fossil fuel within a a five or ten year period and marshal the forces of every national lab, every corporation that's into technology and innovation and just gang up on it that human beings can solve the problems that they create. Anything built by man can be overcome by man yeah. do you believe that's true or do you think that's you know what I'm
1: saying, but uh, no, I, I know what you're saying and i'm, and I'm I want to believe it's true, but I don't know. it feels like how do we create the beauty that nature has to offer there's there has to be some sacrifices right in order for us to do that
0: but you see, that question is kind of funny because it's like we can't create something that already exists, right? Yeah. Like, like nature is perfect yeah. right? And, and we're, this human vessel is perfect. Yeah. We're given everything, the eyesight, the hearing, the taste, the ability to feel, mm-hmm. the ability to love, the ability to understand. Everything has been blessed upon us, right? So maybe everything's perfect and maybe just we just have to start taking step by step addressing each one of those things you know maybe step by step you know i believe it's possible i think that, that the collective conscience is is elevating too have you ever noticed like on all the ted talks and all the youtube if, there's people having conversations all over the world and they don't know that they're having the similar conversations and they're adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. But the collective consciousness is going up and pretty soon we're going to rise up and the, the, the group conscience, you know, it's amazing. That's the same thing. Do you know what God manifests in the group meetings by way of the group conscience? That's how they describe it. As he manifests himself in our group conscience. Isn't that neat that the group conscience is always aligned with the higher,
1: with that real? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And uh, I'm curious about uh, how do you work with goal settings? Because you have this big mission. What, how do you work with setting goals and how, what do you do to, to achieve those goals?
0: I, I just really love that question. Yeah. I, I love that question. It's just because with meditation, how do you set a goal you want to go from here to here when your mind doesn't know where here is yeah. you know it's the goal is to stop listening and to start feeling and start sensing like from a so how do you have a goal like that? but that's a really valuable question because if there's no way to detect a a progress point yeah. then the goal is forever vague right so so my goal is my goal is to be as conscious as I possibly can, to be as happy and fulfilled in my heart as I possibly can, to engage with others as much as I can and have you know, beautiful conversations like this as much as possible and make my best effort and then after a certain point, you just take your hands off the results because, you know what I mean? It's like all we have
1: is our best effort. I love that. You know? uh, I love that. And... Uh, sh- Truly showing up like that, it's amazing. And I, I have. Uh, you have such a great energy, Carrie. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for just bringing this light and positivity to the world. Uh, one thing uh, that I want to want to ask you, I have two more questions actually. The first thing is, uh, I want you to imagine that you are sitting on a rocking chair maybe in malibu overlooking the ocean and just contemplate about your life Uh, you're old you don't have many days left on this beautiful earth and you're just contemplating what do you want to see accomplished or have happened to say yeah this had a good life Uh, you know what i
0: would really love is because those inspiration meetings that I was sharing with you—I went to like over six thousand of them. They happen spontaneously, and they happen even in Malibu, but also all over the world. And AA, the you know Bill Wilson and Bob Smith, this couple of drunkards, fallen down drunkards, created a program that reached millions of people with all this really powerful stuff. But if if I could if I could share the the wisdom that has been poured into this book. I'm not claiming to be holier than anybody or anything. It's just that you could spend a hundred years trying to get the information that's in this book. Because unless you were exposed over a long-term basis, you wouldn't be able to detect the trend, the subliminal impact of the long-term exposure. That's what I'm shining the light here. If I could be sitting on that rocking chair and go, I got to be there and see a, a next step, I got to see a quantum leap from the confines of the current, you know, the current 12-step practice and those inspiration meetings, I got to see one of the key pivotal turning points that would cause a quantum leap yeah. and, and, uh, and people would cherish the, the coming together and sharing their, their challenges and inspiration in this
1: new uh, format. Awesome. I love that. And I, I love that you're taking of your time to work on something that is so positive and uh, beautiful. So I, I really applaud you for that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And one last question that I want to ask you, Mr. Malibu. <laughs> I love that. Mate. I just see a guy in like six pack enjoying <laughs> the beat. You know? uh, and that's you. <laughs> so... For people that have been listening to this and uh, want to take that next step in their own life to go after their dreams, their mission, their why, what is the first step they could do right now to, to get a little bit closer to their dream?
0: I think, you know, with, without being, you know, well, let me share my heart. Yeah. I really sincerely believe every invention Every major discovery happened because the person saw something differently. And so I would just encourage, look at yourself differently. And if you want to get out of how your mind has branded your identity, <laughs> most people don't question the story they tell about themselves and they go around and what kind of guy? What's your story? What What do you say about yourself? Oh yeah, I'm this. I'm I'm a, you know I'm a drummer. You're a black belt. I'm a the, you know. And we 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 go around and we say these things about ourselves, but we don't realize we're through the power of the spoken word. We're literally crafting this energetic being and putting it out into motion by virtue of the power of the spoken word. And Og Mandino, he's he sold fifty million books called The Greatest Salesman in the World have you read that book oh, no i have There's really powerful affirmations in there oh, cool. long story short i memorized 10 pages of affirmations from that wow. book and i spoke them out loud every day for 11 years wow. i'm a world expert on those <laughs> affirmations let's
1: share a couple of those affirmations okay. right now okay. because i think we can all need them and we'll okay. do you'll say them and i'll say them after okay. you okay so we'll end on that note i think that's that's a perfect way. I truly believe in affirmations and that you've memorized 11 pages. Tells us a lot about your character. So let's do a five or something like that.
0: My favorite one is, why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why can I not extend that miracle to my deeds of today?
1: Wow. Wow. We have to do meaning by meaning. (laughs) Let's do this one more time. Why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why can I not extend that miracle to my deeds of today? Why can't I extend that miracle to to the deeds of today? Yes. Awesome. Do you have any others that you like? Yeah, I, the one that really got my attention was, and it,
0: it, it's, it's a contrasting thing, so it may not ring true, but he says, The career I have chosen is laden with opportunity, and yet it is also fraught with heartbreak and despair. And the bodies of those who have failed, were they piled one on top of the other, would cast a shadow down upon all the pyramids of the earth. Yet I will not fail as the others, for I now hold the charts in my hands that will guide me through these perilous waters to shores which only yesterday appeared to be nothing but a
1: dream. Today I begin a new life. I love that. (laughs) I'll I'll just end. Today I begin a new (laughs) life. Yeah. (laughs) Terry, thank you so much. Thank Uh, you. Truly appreciate your time and that you came here and shared so openheartedly, mm-hmm. uh, If people want to connect with you and uh, find your book, uh, where where can they f- where can they connect with
0: you? I am everywhere on, you know, Facebook, YouTube or whatever. But if you just Google Heart Ascent. Yeah. It's one word. All that there's there's all that information is in the book Heart Ascent and um and you'll see the whole
1: you'll you'll find the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, everything. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening and if you're still with us an hour in, we truly appreciate your time. I'm so grateful that you're here listening right now and I want to hear from you. What are you struggling with? What are your goals? What are your wins? Where are you listening from? Because we have listeners from all over the world now. So go to Instagram at Peter Jim or email me at info at ILSuccess.com and Tell me more, I wanna, I wanna get to know you because we're doing this for you. We're sharing so you can build a better life and uh, I'm just happy and grateful. Thanks again and talk to you soon.